All right, welcome back to episode two. Joined here with uh, by Andrew Whitman, and um, we're, we're happy to be back talking to y'all. Uh, just to recap, episode one, we covered a lot of ground, um, and uh, it was a lot of fun doing that. But we start with, with vetting beliefs. You know, have you looked at what the things you believe? Have you really truly vetted them, or have you just accepted them? Have we accepted what we've been taught? We examined God's will and why. It seems that the popular thing is to whenever bad things happen or anything happens in life, that it just must be the result of his will, nothing that nothing else. Went through kind of a quick story of creation and the garden and what happened in, in the fall of Adam and, and Eve and, and the emergence of evil. And talked about really what evil means. So if you, if you, if you don't want to know what that is, go back and listen to episode one. Um, but there's a, it's a, it's a big, wide definition that is much more expansive than you might, you might think. We talked about that one of the results of the fall was the resistance to everything good. And good has a lot of deeper meaning as well, uh, not just of what you think in, in modern terms, but there's, what, 15, 12, 15, 15. terms that, that, that describe good. And um, we talked about Adam in being created in God's image, and that being the first what we call God-class being or three-part being of, of uh, body, mind, um, or soul, and spirit. And um, really what we're going to pick up where we left off is we have all these things going on. We're dealing with, with adversity in the world right now. In, in, in the end of March, it's uh, 2020, it's the coronavirus, but it could be anything, right? This is the flavor of the month. And um, how do we get on track if, as far as like we're, if we find ourselves panicking if we find ourselves worrying, we talked about what that does to you as far as biologically, and it really limits your ability to think critically, and, and we don't really, really touch on that. But how do we how do we get onto the right track and maybe off of the panic train and onto the, the good train, <laughs> right. so to speak, right? So I'll, I'll let you pick up there. Yeah, well, the first thing we do with all of our coaching clients is the first thing I have to do is... Um, Set their identity. We talked about this at the end of the last show. What's your identity? When I ask people, like, who are you? They usually tell me what they do, right? Mm -hmm. Roles they play. I'm a family man. I'm a, you know, I'm a cop. I'm a Navy SEAL. I'm an EVP of a, you know, pharmaceutical sales guy. I'm a, right? they, they tell me all the roles they play. Um, and so what we teach them is to come up with an identity statement and in, uh, that in, highlights internal strengths that they want to uh, magnify in their life and then something they aspire to, right, to make them grow a little bit. And when you, when you put your mind on that track and you're just, just re, it's a reprogram, right? It's, um, this is my who I'm I am, who I'm going to be, who do I want to be, how do I want to live my life? And then you create that statement. It's an I am statement, who is, right? So my identity statement is I'm a man of excellence who always keeps his word. That's who I am, whether I'm being a father, a husband, the CEO of my company, Little League, you know, volunteer, whatever. Whatever role I'm playing, I'm a man of excellence who always keeps his word. So that's, you know, I aspire to always give maximum effort, right? And, I, and, and the thing I highlight is that I always keep my word, no matter if it hurts me, costs me money. So if I give you my word, take it to the bank, it's happening. Um, and I always aspire to excellence, maximum effort, and best performance, Um Jesus is the first one. Like his, he is. I am the way, the truth, and the 
Life. Life. That was his identity statement. Everything and everything he did pointed towards that. Right. So for me, as a man of excellence always keeps his word, I have to give maximum effort. I can't half step and phone stuff in. I can't complain and whine because that's not excellent. And I can't lie to you. I have to keep my word. Right. So anytime in life, any decision or choice that comes up, I have to run it through that filter of is this who I am? I being who I say I am. If it's not, then it has to go. So anything in my life that does not produce excellence, it has to go. Mm. And it gets very simple to declutter all this other junk. Anything that would keep me... Listen, I don't play video games. There's nothing wrong with video games. Mm -hmm. I just know that it wouldn't produce excellence in my life. If I was a gamer, like a, like if I was creating games, and I like that was my thing was creating video games, I'd be playing them all day long because I would have to be excellent at it. But for me, it doesn't take me on that track. So now I'm not saying don't play video games. If you like it, then manage your work rest cycle, right? So I have set aside time that helps me with my excellence because you have to do certain recreational activities, we know, to help you cognitively process, to the hormones balance, right? To refresh, to keep going towards my target, to the thing that I'm creating, right? So I manage that. And for me, I like to do, I like to watch like different kinds of, you know, shows on TV that are not just entertainment, but they're all mental toughness based, right? Sure. Things that inspire me. To, right. Like I'll find a mental, I mean, like, you know, I could find a mental toughness message in almost like any movie. Like my wife was watching, we were watching Bridesmaids one time. <laughs> Out of that Bridesmaid movie, I got that quote for an elite warrior says, I'm the problem and I'm the solution. Mm. If I have a problem, it's me, right? That's M Melissa mm -hmm. McCarthy's, you know, like, you're your problem and you're your solution. I'm like, oh, my gosh, mental toughness moment, right? So <laughs> right. So even when I'm watching TV and I'm yeah. resting, it's, it's producing excellence in my life. But I also, like, you know, I'm not a golfer. Mm. You know why I don't golf? Because I can't be excellent at it. And it takes me away from now. If, if there was a reason for me to be out there, I would do it. But for me, it takes me away from being excellent at other things. Um, for somebody that... So, and listen, there's no judgment here. You mm. have to decide that for yourself. But because I've decided I'm a man excellence always keeps his word, I don't tell you I'm going to try to play. I'll, I'll try to make it to the course next Saturday because mm -hmm. I'm lying to you. Right. I, you know I'm not coming. Right. Doug, I don't enjoy golf. I right. suck at it. I cannot be great at it. I just like I'm not I'm not coming. So you don't even right. So you don't put me. I'll be like, oh, Doug, I don't want to hurt your feelings. So I'll try to make it on Saturday. Am I coming? <laughs> no. Right. So you see, see what I'm saying? So this is all part of my identity, and you love me or not love me for me. I love me. I know this is a shock to everybody. Andrew loves Andrew. But you have to love yourself first before you could love other people. And not requiring validation from somebody else. Because when I have an internal identity, I'm not looking for acceptance from other people. I've, ac I've accepted myself. This is who I am. This is who I aspire to be. And I'm going to stay on that track, and I won't get off. Listen, this really helps right now during this COVID-19 when everybody in the press and everybody around me is telling me I should panic, but that's not who I am. Mm. Backing up a little bit, you talked about loving yourself and accepting yourself. That's a, that's a thing that I'm sure a lot of people in the world struggle with. Um, Every human being, actually. Right? Every, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> a little the more science, specific. The science is believed yeah, if you're only, a human. Only every human ever. Yep. <laughs> so we can all identify with that. Um, talk about it from the perspective of a believer, of, of, of a Christian, though, because there's, come, there's other elements to acceptance, right? What are the things that we... 
this is the the biggest downfall of believers is they don't accept themselves and they just can't let Jesus accept them. Why do you think that is? Because you feel like you have to do stuff. Mm. Listen, when you accept yourself, flaws and all, you don't have to try and do a behavior checklist to make God like you better. That's all religion. This is religion. A set of do's and don'ts, and we all argue over whose list is better. That's why we have different denominations and different religions, like the the same. I mean, Buddhists, Hint, uh, Shinto, the Sikhs. Right, the Muslims, the Jews, the Christians, the Baptists, the Catholics, the Orthodox, the right, the Pentecostals. We all have our own lists of stuff, and ours is better than yours. That's why we don't, we can't talk to each other. We can't fellowship together, brother, because my list is more holy mm. than your list of behaviors of do's and don'ts. To get God to like, and that's all that is, is you're trying to get God to accept you, because you don't accept yourself. If you could just listen, God accepts you. He loves you. He knows all your flaws. Ain't nothing hidden from him. You ain't scaring him with nothing. He know, right? He already knows, and he still loves you. In fact, he loved you so much, that's when he gave Jesus, his only son, to come and pay the price for all the times you messed up accidentally and the on purposes, I like to call it, because there's times we did stuff on purpose. We all have. Mm. I know I have. Oh. Probably heavy on the on purposes <laughs> at some points <laughs> in my life. Right, but so if you, you have to, you know, Get a hold of that God accepts you for the believer. Then if you can accept yourself, flaws and all, you can also accept that Jesus accepted you. And then you can move forward. If you don't accept that you have flaws, like it says in Psalms, he's like, listen, man, he knows you're made out of dust. He doesn't hold you to some crazy standard. He knows your flesh. Mm. You're made out of dust. He knows that you have pain. He knows that you have sexual desires. He knows that you have, you know, desires to self-medicate the pain and the suffering like through alcohol or drugs or whatever, you know, Oreo cookies, fast food. He knows that. He's not, right? So that's the first level is accepting yourself and allowing yourself to just realize God's accepted me. Jesus accepted me. And here's the difference between a believer and non-believer. People are always like, well, if you don't accept Jesus, you're going to hell. <laughs> Listen, man, first off, here's the thing. Jesus accepts you. It says in the Word that God holds nothing against anybody, not the sins of the world. He does, not anybody. He holds nothing against anybody. So God's not doing any of those. He loves you. It's always welcoming. It's reconciliation. I want you to have a great life. Hold nothing against you. There's no wrath of God coming on you. Mm. That's why Jesus came. There's no more wrath of God appointed to anybody. People are like, what? I'm like, just reading your Bible, man. But here's the thing. Here's the difference. If you don't, it's not whether God accepts you or Jesus accepts you. It's whether you accept what Jesus did for you. And a lot of people cannot accept that because they can't accept themselves. Right. You know, it's funny. There's, in our culture, you hear about, oh, don't, there's certain words you shouldn't use. Those are, those are four-letter words. Like work. Work. I wasn't going to Don't use that. work. <laughs> I like work. It's a good one. But let's talk about the three-letter word. Let's talk about the big three-letter word, sin. Because <laughs> would I be correct in saying that that is that concept of sin or identifying as a, quote, sinner is what 
limits people's ability to accept themselves as they look in the mirror and they see all the all the times they blew it. Maybe maybe it's a misunderstanding of that word. Or uh, and I'll stop. You go ahead and pick up. Yeah. Let's talk about that. That's well. It. You know how I always like to get to the. This is and it, you guys don't know me. Doug knows this. I'm like OCD, recovering OCD. I'll say it that way. I like I always dig down, dig, drill, 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 drill. I want to know where this word came from. What, what does, does it mean? What does stuff mean? Right. Like, that's exactly. how I got the evil. I'm words, like, well, words, where's the first time this happened? Right. right. Words matter. Right. So like in my corporate thing, I I heard John Maxwell say leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. I'm like, well, <laughs> I think there might be something more to it. But then when I dig into it, I, I did all this study and I dig down. It comes from the old English and it's derived from the word craftsmanship and it literally means skill. Like a carpenter, a blacksmith in influencing course of direction, attitudes, opinion. So, John Maxwell was not wrong, but when I dug all the way down, I found out that it's actually like skill, like hammering out right. iron right. skill. Like it's the skill of a blacksmith, like an artisan, like a carpenter. Yeah. Right? So, this is what I did with sin. I'm like, you know, I'm like, what? You know, because people think it's sinning is cussing, drinking, smoking, chewing, going out. What does it do? Right. Right? That's what I was growing up. <laughs> It's a sin, right? And so I dug it out. Like the word sin, literally. Now I'm a marksman, man. Yeah, I made my living with a gun for like 30 years. Trained snipers. I'm a I'm a a, a firearms instructor. <laughs> I'm looking at sin and all this. Is, now it's an archery term or marksmanship term for all you guys who go to the gun range. You 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 sinners and you know who you are. Because sinning means that you were in a competition with your buddies to hit the target and you missed. Mm. And so now you don't share in the prize. Wait, say that again. It's it, it's an archery contest or in modern day, like, there's still some archers out there, but, you know, pick your weapon of choice, Glock, Sig, you know, M4. You're aiming at the target and you miss. Like if you hit the 10 ring, the bullseye, boom, that's not sinning, that's hitting the target. Right. And you when you hit the target consistently, you share in the prize. You're the awesome shooter. Everybody knows you're the shooter. If you hit the four ring, the three ring, you'd be okay. You're okay. You're okay. But if you hit off the off the target, you're hitting the paper or you miss completely, that is the word sin when you miss the target. Not cuss, drink, smoke or two or go out those do. Not like, you know, the sins of the you know, they call it the sins of the flesh. Right, it actually says the works of the flesh or the fruit of the flesh. Mm. Like, if you don't fix your mind, if you don't have an identity, if you don't walk down the track of, you know, you just let the thing run amok. The byproduct of you being a worrier, anything on the evil list, adversity, affliction, calamity, is that you end up going down that list of, you know, drunkenness. Well, of course you're going to self-medicate. Nothing's going right in life. Right. Right. Just. <laughs> You know, they you know, fornication. Of course you're gonna look for acceptance from somebody else. That's all that's what it is. That's what the sexual act is, is that somebody completely in that moment accepts you when you're your most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. That's why we're going like, it has nothing to do with the, you know, the the actual ten seconds of Wait, that's you know, a whole show right there. It is, itself. but I'm serious, you're but that's right. what that is, right? Yeah. So so get off of it. Yeah. Like stop. Yeah. So so it's funny because you you mentioned that, and it, it kind of a couple things come to mind. Is there's the concept of sins or behaviors, right? And then there's the issue of sin or the human nature. Yeah, it's it's still all just you're missing. Or I'll say it like this: you're settling for less. 
So when you when you're on purpose, like say you missed a target accidentally. You didn't mean to, but you still missed the target. The people that like purposely missed the target, you know, in the Marine Corps, we have dudes we're goofing off. Right. You're shooting on somebody else's target. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just for fun, like, or it's our buddy that's not going to qualify. Yeah. So I'm going to shoot on his target. I'll take a few less rounds on mine and I'll help him. Right? I'm sh- like on purpose. I'm missing my target on purpose. I'm actually settling for a lower score. Right. That's what, that's what sinning is, is you're settling for less. You're not, you're like purposely not hitting your target. So anytime you see this word sin in the Bible, it's really... And listen, we all wrap these together in church. Mm-hmm. Sins, inequities, works of the flesh, right? They're all like wrapped together. Your iniquities. Iniquity is inequity. Mm-hmm. Like equity is how much of your house you own free and clear. Inequity is the debt. That's not a sin. It's not producing profit for you. Right. It's an obligation, but that's not a sin, having inequity. Sinning is where you miss the mark. Inequity, like, and that's where it says in the Bible that it's passed down from three or four generations, inequities. The father passed down three and four. <laughs> yeah, but that's true, man. The debts of the estate get passed down. Mm. Three and four generations. It's like, like, it ain't your fault. As they say you're generation number three. You didn't settle. But your parents were all had a mindset of poverty that got passed down three generations. And now you got to dig out of that. That's not sin. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get back on target. You started off not on target. And then there's the other ones that were born on third base and thought they hit a triple. <laughs> where the equities of the father were passed down three generations. And now right. you start sinning because you think that you did something to get there. Right. And so you start letting it go because of you're taking the equity and you're actually burning through that equity. And now what are you teaching to your next three generations? Now you're going to pass down the inequity that you're yeah. leaving to the next three generations. Going back for a minute to the garden, to the, the first time we're introduced to, to sin or when, when, when Adam... Yeah, the original sin. Right, the original sin. Original miss of the target. So talk about that as far as something being passed down because, you know... We haven't well, been the same since. Right, so right. here's what happens. Now, people, evil is not sin. Evil is the byproduct of sin. Evil is not missing the mark. Evil is you're sharing the prize of missing the mark. It's the results of you missing the mark. So when Adam said he got off target, poop, and he now the knowledge of evil, adversity, affliction, calamity, misery, all these things come flooding in, right, the curse goes into the ground. Now there's resistance to work. We all have to deal with that. When you come out the birth canal, you're stuck with all that stuff, That the results of Adam sinning. That's basically what you're saying is that's the natural order of the world. It is now. Right, now. Yeah, right now. It's not our fault. We're born right. into it. Right, so stop. And God didn't do it to you. Right. Adam did. And I used to be mad at Adam, but listen, between Adam and me, Someone along the line would have screwed it up, and if it wasn't, I probably would have been the one to do it. Okay, fair, so fair enough. Yeah, I'd have been like, I like Twinkies. Don't eat the Twinkies. I'm eating Twinkies. You know, listen. Right. If it was, it wasn't a Twinkie tree. I can't, maybe it wouldn't happen because I mean, trying to get somebody to eat fruit these days is like you know they'll eat an Oreo and a Twinkie and a chip, but fruit, I don't know. Yeah. So the so the evil, the adversity, affliction. That's all the fallout or the byproduct of you missed the mark or somebody did. And listen, this is huge because who you hang out with, mm. 
you, you can, you can, just because you're hooked up with somebody in business, in, in marriage, just friendships, <laughs> if you're like, if your friends go around missing the mark all the time and you hang out with them and you're going to experience their evil, even though it wasn't your fault, you didn't, you didn't miss the mark, but you're hanging out with people that do, you're going to experience. So you're saying mom was right, huh? Yeah. Well, she wasn't wrong. <laughs> so, in a sense, it's contagious. The con- because of it the, is contagious. Of it's the, it's this, viral. <laughs> ooh, careful. Careful at that. We need to quarantine ourselves. Yeah. It's almost <laughs> like saying bomb at the airport. That's right. Oh, my gosh. Oh. But if, if sin, sin is setting for less and evil is the, the result that comes from that. Yep. It's, Listen here like, again. I got to say this because people see here evil. They're thinking custard. Settling for less produces adversity okay. in your life. It right. produces affliction in your life. It produces misery in your life. It produces trouble. It produces anxiety. It produces wrong. It produces grief. When you settle, this is why God said, "Don't sin, man. Like, don't settle for less. Don't settle for less." Hit my target, and God's target, and this is going to blow your mind, but it, it literally, as he says, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health. Hmm. That's his target. Sinning is when you're sick and poor. Sinning is when you're not in a position of honor. And you're in a, we would say, that's a shame. That's not, that's off target. That's, and when you do make choices that put you off target, the results, the byproduct is adversity, affliction, calamity, great grief, harm, heaviness, and sickness. Mm. So, and let's just get real practical with it. Eating Twinkies is missing the target. You know that. You don't have to have anybody on the, you don't need a nutritionist to, or a personal trainer to tell you eating Twinkies is not helping you. They might taste good, but the end result is evil. It does bad things to your body. Right. So you can pick, like, and I'll tell you this, eating fast food. Saying you can't have it ever, go ahead and get a treat. But it's still going to produce, right? You'd be like, man, I had that, and then the indigestion, right? And then you you got to run to the bathroom. You're like, man, that's it, because you cannot feel good, because the result of missing the mark of eating healthy is that your body is run down. You get diabetes and obesity and high blood pressure and heart disease and all that stuff. That's the evil is all those things that happen because you sinned, quote quote, you missed the mm-hmm. target. Of eating healthy, so we get real practical with this. It no. ain't all just about drinking and cussing and smoking right. and chewing. Yeah, and that's an, that's that's a level that I'm sure a lot of folks don't even consider when they when they think about the concept of of, of sin and evil. Man, that's the first <laughs> thing. It's you're the most important. They says you're sinning against your body, man. You're yeah. you're doing you're you're train wrecking yourself by not eating healthy, by not doing exercise, by not getting enough sleep, by not drinking enough water. So we get real practical with this. Man. Right. Right. But all these things culminate in our inability to accept ourselves. Correct. And because we can't accept ourselves, how could God ever accept, accept us? So where do we where do we go? Where do we start? Well, that's why I start that. I, I start using like the body, mind, and emotions. I use that how the machine works for me instead of against me. So somebody told you somewhere that they didn't accept you. It probably started with your parents. Whenever you did something that they didn't like. So we've got to reprogram that thought pattern. 
And you got to start telling you. Now, there's a little piece at the bottom of your brainstem called the RAS, reticular activating system. That's the thing that, have you ever been like had a dream and it seemed real even though you were breaking the laws of physics? Mm. But in the dream, it was like super real. Oh, yeah. That's your RAS, right? Your RAS doesn't know the difference between synthetic or real events. It, it's what focus, it depends on your focus. It's your sleep and your wakefulness cycle. That's the little filter of how we, dis, how we uh, process all the information that comes in. Because it doesn't know the difference between real and fake events. This is why when we talked about last time about worry being faith in reverse or fear of a bad outcome, that's your RAS, your imagination. You imagine this. And so with that RAS and your identity statement, I'm a man of excellence who always keeps his word. I just say that over and over. I keep running that track, keep running that track till eventually my RAS doesn't know whether that's real or fake. It just believes it. That's how a belief is made. You keep running that track enough, your RAS will be like, oh, we don't know if that's real or fake, but we've said it enough times that it becomes real. And now it starts dictating my behavior. Like pretty soon I believe that I'm a man of excellence. Uh, so I can't do something that's not excellent anymore. It's physically impossible. See, so this is what I did. I used my biology to help me mm. with my soul and my spirit. My spirit said, we're going to be excellent started using my biology to team my body to team up with my mind to keep running this track. I'm a man of excellence, man of excellence, man of excellence, man of excellence. Pretty soon whether I feel like being excellent or not, my emotions it doesn't even matter. I've overridden it because I've created this new program. Just like whatever your programs are like, I could I could lay them down. It's just so funny cuz they're like a penny saved Right, there's a program that's running, right? Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, another one. Yeah. Best practices, another program. Right? These on and on and on. There's just a million of them that you don't even realize are working in the background. That you've been programmed. They're just operating. And this is what I talked about last time about vetting every belief. Mm -hmm. Seriously, we'd be like, well, I'm, a, I'm a family values guy. What does that even mean? Because for most of us, family values means we're gonna, we just want comfort and security. Right. We're not building anything. We're just trying to keep from losing something. Hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Now that... So, if somebody's having a hard time coming to grips with their own identity and acceptance, where can we look in the, in the Bible... Maybe for some some prompts and things that 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 what are some things we could tell ourselves what God says about us versus what maybe the world says about us or that we say about ourselves like how, if we're starting from square one what what are some what are some things that you've you've used over the years that have uh helped get your mind right so to speak you're making me open on my bible man it's <laughs> dangerous so for me and I decided this when I was 12 years old, that if I could find it in the Bible, that would be my highest authority, regardless of what man said, okay. including my dad, right. who is also Dr. Whitman. <laughs> right. He's my, he was my Greek mentor. He's, he's, you know, um, he taught me Greek. His master's is in Greek. Um, so, which led us to a lot of discussions. I don't want to say arguments, but I, I always win because <laughs> I just go with what the Bible says. 
because that's what I believe. And I, I don't just take the English version, and I'll just tell you this right now. If you're just looking at the English, it doesn't matter which translation. You're only getting like 10% wow. of what the meaning is. Wow. So I always dig into the original languages, the Greek, the Hebrew, the Sumerian, the Chaldean. Right? Well, I'm going to go back as far as I can go. Right. So when I'm, when I'm looking into the Word, so a lot of times, now you're, open, you're having me open the Bible. And listen, every one of my beliefs out of the Bible are based, they're, they're backed by science. They're not based in science. They're faith-based, but then I always find science every single time in my entire life. I've been, I'm 52 now, since 12. I've always looked. I love science. I've always looked to see where the holes in my belief are. Every belief that I have, I want to find the hole in it. So what, what I found after decades, and it's my life's work, that science always backs up the Bible. It might not back up what you were taught in church, right. but it backs up the Bible. If you get into it, you'll find out that science always backs it every single time. To get there, you got to dig and read what the original languages were. You got to dig in and find out what words mean and what did they mean then? Because if you got teenagers, you know that words that you said in the 80s don't mean the same thing as they do now. <laughs> right. And it's like every day, it's like there's a new, th you know, it's like everyone's in this race on social media to outchange the word. So if you look, so to answer your question, where do we start? If you look in 2 Corinthians 5. Verse 17 says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, a new species of being. All things are become new. All things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ reconciling himself to the world. Listen to this. Not, not, not imputing their trespasses unto them, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. And then he committed that word of reconciliation to us. He's not imputing any trespass to anyone in the world. Now, that don't mean if you went to church or you didn't go to church. That doesn't mean if you were born in the Philippines, Afghanistan, the United States, or China doesn't mean if you're a communist, a socialist, a democrat, or a republican, or a libertarian. doesn't mean if you're pro-Second Amendment or anti-Second Amendment. doesn't mean if you're pro-choice or pro-life. It doesn't mean, right, there's no other qualifier here. He says, anybody, if you're in the world, now I don't know if this, you know, applies to Martians, <laughs> if there are any. Right. And remember, the world is not the planet. The world is our system. Our civilization. Right. It's this order of things that we have. Summer and winter, day and night, seed time and harvest. That's our order of things. Mm -hmm. Regardless of anything, if you're in that, if, 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 if we're in the sound of my voice that you experience day and night at any time, if you experience summer and winter, if you experience that, you know, seed time and harvest, we have to plant food and then we have to wait till it grows up. Or plant flowers and then they bloom some other time. 
if there's hot and cold, if you experience any of that, God's not imputing anything to you. No trespass, no sin, no wrong, nothing. And all he's doing is trying to reconciliate, bring everyone. He's the State Department of heaven. Right? Jesus was the original ambassador. And then if you look at the next verse, it says, now we're the ambassadors of Christ. Once you accept that reconciliation, your job is to go right, not tell people they're going to hell if they don't check off their li your list. Or they don't say, you don't close them saying your little prayer. I don't know how I can't make it any plainer than that. Yeah. But basically, is he's not holding anything against us. He's he's like a a father that has kids that left the house and just wants us to come back. Right, yeah, everyone knows that story of the prodigal son. Right. So the first the first step would be in understanding and believing that that's his character as as a father. Yeah, and, and see this is the hard thing. My kids know my character because they have a long track record with mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. Personally, if I had, and listen, I have 11 deployments. I was gone a lot. But what if I never came home and they just heard about, what if I had like been killed in Vietnam or something? Mm -hmm. And all they knew about my character is what other people told them. And what if it was people that didn't necessarily, they didn't understand me, they didn't like me. And all they know is what they've been told about my character. They haven't experienced it for themselves. This is what most people have done with their father, God. Mm -hmm. They just heard stuff from other people, and they never vetted and found out for themselves. They never went to God and asked them themselves. They never like dug into the Word to find out what his character is themselves. So they have no firsthand knowledge of his character. So they think it is whatever someone else told them. And who told you that? How many times I hear that quote? Who told you that? I've even asked it on the show a couple times, right? right? When I lay out some self-limiting belief, I'm like, well, who told you that? I don't know. Right. So I want to go find out for myself what his character is. There's another verse in Romans that says, there's no, therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ. So if there's any guilt, it didn't come from him. If you're feeling guilt, it didn't come from God. There's no condemnation. He doesn't judge you. He doesn't condemn you. He ain't mad at you. And that's why people can't get over that because that's what self-righteous people are. They're people that are trying to build their own equity with God. They're trying to build their own, like what Jesus did isn't enough. I have to do or not do certain things. It's hard to get your head around that because you don't accept you. How could anybody else accept? But until mm -hmm. you can accept yourself, there's no way you're going to let God accept you. Mm -hmm. Even believers. That's why they struggle with, quote, quote, sin, missing the mark. They just can't get a, their head around God wants them to have a good life. Jesus said, I came that you would have life and have it more abundantly. He didn't come for you to have COVID-19 or, you know, your business to go out, you know, from under you. You can't get your mortgage paid. You get... No, none of that was from God. So stop putting on Facebook, Jesus is doing this so we could get together and learn, you know, have better relationship with each other. This is stupid. God's not judging you. Now, other people, this is, this is a judgment of God for you know, whatever their list of behaviors were. 
Really? Did you read your Bible? It, it's what we talked about last episode. It's one of the most misunderstood concepts. And I, and I, I hate it. Well, and I do too. Like, you know, I mean, hate, 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 well, hate, it, hate, hate. It used to, it used to, I used to look at like, well, you know, to each his own and whatever. People have their own opinion. But now it's almost like when you hear somebody say that, I have to really temper my emotion. It's, it's almost like somebody talking trash about like, like, like your mom's fat. Right. Right. Yes, take, it's the same it, thing you, as somebody talking trash about right. your father or your right. mother. It's the exact same thing. And, and, I'm, and I'm, my, my response now is like, well, man, that sucks for you. You must not know him real well. Or not, not, and not, not that, not that, you know, that makes me better. But it just, it, I hate it for that person. That I do hate there. it for you, and I'm not going to try and. Own, and here's the thing, because whose beliefs are they? They're, the, they're, they're right. They're, they're your right. beliefs, and, and I'm not to, trying. According to your faith be it unto you right, right. i'm not going to try and convince you to believe what i believe that's none of my business jesus never told us to do that he said listen go tell them good news mm-hmm. just preach the gospel good news tell good things that are happening in your life if people believe it then they will experience the benefits of it if they don't believe it they'll also experience the bad result the adversity affliction calamity great grief harm sickness mm-hmm. poverty they'll experience that your job is to just tell them what's good going on in your life. It's up to them to decide whether to believe or not believe. It's sad for you, mm. but, but I'm not wasting any time on you. No offense. But if you want to have a bad life and you want to argue for a bad life and a crappy life and you want to argue for fear and you want to argue for living paycheck to pay, if you want to argue for that, <laughs> you're going to do it with somebody else because I'm like, hey, man, good. Hey, if that's working for you, stick with it. But I'm not wasting any of my great life trying to get you, convince you to have a good life too. If it's because it's your life, it's my mine's great. Mm. Come on in, boys. The water's fine. <laughs> Prosperity and health is awesome. If you don't want it, I'm not going to fight you for it. No, you're going to have a good life. You're going to have a good life. I'm like, you know, bless right. your heart. Right. Off you go. Yeah. So I don't even get mad at that. I'm not even saying it sucks for you. I just like bless yeah. your heart. You know, love you, got a thing. And I guess the reality is, you know, he loves them too. So absolutely, I mean, that's, that's and they're just in a different place in their journey. Yeah, yeah. right. Because I was like, you know, but I'm not going to argue with you and sure. drag you into right. Sure. And God's not either. Right. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force right. So back to like with your kids. I don't make my kids say you love me. I'm going to beat you and listen. The beatings will continue until you give me hugs and kisses. <laughs> like that's you know no. So we've talked a little bit about. You know, kind of our identity crisis and where that comes from. You know, we talked about sin and and which means to miss the mark, settling for less. Yeah. We talked about kind of the beginning of how to turn that around is to understand what His target is for us, what His will. We talked in the last episode about the Lord's Prayer. You, you went through that, right? Right. So it's His will in heaven. That's the same. That's the target. So that's His target for us. Right. Is, is He wants us to have the same sort of life here that we would in heaven? Correct. Right. So you, you gave us a couple of scriptures in Second Corinthians five uh, verse seventeen. We talked about we're new creature, a new creation, and he he's not imputing or, or not assigning any any judgment or trespasses to to us, um, and we're all his his ambassadors. You mentioned the word righteousness, and I wanted to give some folks some other, some some good news as well in that. Um, talk about 
talk about the word righteousness and, and yeah, so, it, what it means. You mentioned it a few different yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, the, the actual word for righteous is equity. Righteousness is equity. It's literally the word equity, right? And there's that's, that's a huge thing, but there's two pieces to equity. Equity was like how much you of an asset you own. Like when my mom and dad first bought their house in like 1965, they, had, they put 5% down, which was like unheard of. It was like a miracle that they even got it, but they had 5% equity. They paid it off by like 1995, and they had 100% equity, plus the house like tripled in value. What they owned free and clear from the bank mm-hmm. was equity. Mm-hmm. When you see the word righteous and righteousness in the Bible, that's that word is equity. And it denotes who's in covenant or who has equity with God. The righteous are people that have equity. And listen, you can do nothing to earn the equity. That's what a self-righteous person is, is somebody who's trying to build their own equity with God. The unrighteous is somebody who has no equity. God's not even on the radar screen. They don't give a flying flip either way. Mm. The righteous are people that have 100% equity with God. They just believe that what Jesus did is enough, and he gives them every promise is yes and amen in the word. That's what so equity is. What you get when you accept Jesus, He's already accepted you. That equity is in your account already, whether you accept them or you don't accept them. That's what makes me sad when people fight for a bad life because they're they have this huge trust fund set up for them in heaven, waiting for them to just accept that the God wants you to have. And here it is. All you have to do is believe me. Just believe. That's what he said. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted unto him for equity, righteousness. Do you know that's in the Bible like three or four times? John 3.16 is only in there once, but, I mean, if you watch pro wrestling, someone in the corner's got that sign up. John 3.16, you know, in the end zone, the kickoff, John 3.16. Only one time, God so loved the world. Three times, you believe God, you get equity. So, I ask people, are you righteous? Well, I would never say that. Yeah. Do I have equity? Yes. Yes. Not by anything that I did. When I accepted Jesus, what he did, I get all of God's equity. I, yes, I'm a trust fund baby. And people are like, well, I had one guy tell me, well, Jesus didn't have any money. I was like, really? Have you read your Bible? Jesus was a trust fund baby. Do you know those three kings, the three wise men that came? What were they bringing, Doug, at Christmas? Let's see. Frankincense, myrrh, and, and gold. Right, and if you look up, how it was like $2 billion worth of stuff they brought, and they gave it to Mary and Joseph, but everyone thinks Jesus is poor. What do you think happened to that $2 billion? They brought it to him when he was like two years old. Yeah. Seriously, but Jesus didn't have any money. Are you? I mean, seriously, yeah, I the d- people that tell me Jesus was poor, you even sing about it. With the little camels and the donkeys at the thing at church and the king, they come and they bring it. It was like this little tiny box. No, it was like $2 billion in today's money worth of stuff. I I don't recall anyone in his ministry having to start, you know, pledge drives and fundraisers. No telephones. Right. No, that's it's 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 funny, but it's you know you make you make a good point. Because when because even even Jesus, who came here with nothing, born in a manger had 100% equity. Right. He's God's son. And what, I will give you another verse over in John. It says, as Jesus is in this world, so are we. That'll blow your ever-living mind. Should we even look at that? Yeah, let's go ahead and look People at that. like, I don't even, yeah, are you kidding me? My dad, like, 
when I showed him this, like, I don't know, like well, and the reason why we're 15 going, years ago, he went apoplectic. Sure. And the reason, the reason why this is important is we need, need to understand who we are. Yeah. Right? Because, it, and you'll talk about this, I'm sure, later, is, is if, if God's our father and Jesus is the firstborn and we're adopted into the family, that makes him a brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. Last time I checked, that makes us, that makes us all. So if, if we, we don't have a problem saying that we're, we're children of God. We're, we're all part of the family. So um, it is important to know who we are, our family history, so to speak. Yeah, and you, yeah absolutely. So here's first, it's First John four seventeen. It says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Now, if I just back up, like two verses to verse 15, it says, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known that believe God, love God. So he's talking about Jesus, just in case, because he doesn't say Jesus in that verse. He says Jesus two verses up. This is interesting because here it says, Herein is our love made perfect that in the day that we would have boldness in the day of judgment. Now, for years I was looking at that. I couldn't figure out what the day of judgment is. that when we get to heaven? But it says in this world, so are we, you know, just like Jesus is right now. Well, I looked up the Greek word. I'm going to spell out what the Greek word is, Doug. All right. It's K-R-I-S-I-S. It sounds familiar. Yeah, what's that word? We're in the middle of one right now. Crisis. <laughs> crisis, not judgment. Crisis. In the day of crisis, you would have boldness because as Jesus is, so are you right now in this world. And remember when I just started in sentence that... In this world, if you're in this world, he doesn't impute any trespasses unto you. So he's not holding anything against you. And then once you accept him, not only uh, are you in the family, you're exactly like he is right now. So does Jesus, is Jesus worried about COVID-19? Probably not. Then I'm not worried about COVID-19. Right. Is Jesus worried about getting you know the price of gas? I'm not worried about it. Is Jesus worried about getting the mortgage paid? I'm not worried about it. Is Jesus worried about you know the economy tanking? Is this surprising him? That he's shocked? Oh my gosh! Like this doesn't sneak up on him. And in fact, I'll tell you, I used to say this all the time, right? People get rich in the depression. Well, during the 1930s, people got rich. In 2008, when the market tanked, people got rich. If you're in covenant, if you have equity with God, the amazing thing is, is when the crisis does come, it's always good for His people. He said, I've never saw the righteous begging bread. That's people who have equity. They're never on the street begging bread. That's what uh, David said in Psalm. This is good news. Stop focusing on every, because listen, what kind of, what kind of news is, are you getting off the, off the interwebs? <laughs> good news or bad news? Is it beauty, bounty, better, the best, or is it adversity, affliction, calamity, great grief, harm, and heaviness? Yeah, that's a good point. And and why is that, right? Because that 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 news sells. Because we're drawn to it. We love evil. We love evil. Right. So it's because there's no there's no resistance to evil after the curse. That's why evil it went into the ground, and so everything now it, it's a it's like gravity. It goes downhill. Water rolls downhill. Evil is down. Good is the uphill fight. But for those of you to climb the mountain of good, the view is awesome. Hit the summit, man. Come on up. Yeah. And what you're talking about, 
in really is an identity. It's a it's a mindset, mm-hmm. right? So when you say things like, "If Jesus isn't worried about you know disease, I shouldn't be worried about it either." That that doesn't mean that you go make a bunch of bad decisions and, and right. harm other people. It means that internally yes. you have peace. Yeah. Right. So somebody talk- asked me that too, right? So like, listen, this is just like in combat, man. Yeah. I've been in a lot of firefights. You'll never see me jump out of cover and do something stupid. Right. I, I believe a hundred percent that I'm bulletproof and I've got thirty five <laughs> years to back that not even a scratch on me that made my living with a gun in some of the worst places on the planet for three decades. Always believed I was bulletproof, but I don't take stupid risks. Right. I'm not dumb, right? Because it says don't. It's like when Jesus was tempted of Satan, he brought him up to the top of the temple. He said, jump off of here because the angels, he's like, man, don't put your God to the test. Like, I don't test God. I'm not going to be like, I don't lay down in traffic thinking that cars will miss me. Well, you know, I got protection. Jesus ain't worried about it. Jesus would never lay down in traffic either. Right? So I'm not going to, like, so... Are you social distancing? Yes, not for me, for everybody else. Right. I'm not scared I'm going to get it, but I don't want to freak you out. And I'm also not going to go lick a toilet seat in an airplane. That's right. Because <laughs> Jesus wouldn't lick the toilet seat on the airplane. I mean, look, see, this is like... Yeah. Stop, reason, right? Come let us reason together, it says in Isaiah. Right. Come let us re. Don't check your brain at the door, but I'm also not in panic. Does that make sense? Yeah, it it does. I think it's something that probably a lot of people struggle with is is when you do understand some of these truths, and it's like okay, it's easy to go from one one side to the other, one ditch that's, to the other. Right? Keep do. it in the middle of the road. So man. let's talk balance. about that. Let's talk about balance. Let's talk about um, reason. We we talked about identity. You know who we are in Christ, and you know the, the term identity in Christ seems like a very religious. Yeah, I don't even like the people to be like, what's your identity? Well, I'm in him. I don't even know what that means. Tell yeah. me. What part of it? And <laughs> I have one person, and she's, listen, I have one person, and she's like a, you know, rock solid, you know, like if you could like have a picture of somebody who is victorious in life as a Christian, it'd be her. Okay. Talked about the identity statement. Just, well, I'm, you know, I'm in him. Okay, what's that mean? Which part? Well, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Still hadn't got back to me. It's been like a year. Because you don't clearly define it. So that whole, you know, I'm a, I had another guy. I'm a child of a king. Okay. Well, do you think that the child of the king uh, is disrespected when he walks into a room? Think about it. The crown prince walks into a room. Is anybody disrespecting him? Servants, foreign ambassadors. Is anybody, I mean, it doesn't matter. Adults are no matter how old or right. young he is. Right. Is anybody disrespecting him? But you're sitting here crying because your wife disrespects you, but you're telling me your identity is child of the king. You're full of crap. No offense. <laughs> Love you, but... <laughs> Love you, but you don't even know what you're talking about. Right. Because that's a nice little saying. It's what yeah. I call the church answer, not the real answer. Yeah. Right, or the town hall answer, not the real... If you're giving me the right answer, quote, quote, not the real answer. Any of these, I'm in him, you know, I'm in Christ, I'm in... If, unless you could tell me or you can articulate exactly what that means, you're just mimicking, you're just like that guy, the CPA from the Geico commercial. 
right? Imitate, right? Remember from the tax collector, just right? Okay. The tax, yeah, yeah, just okay. And you're just telling yeah. me what you heard. You have yeah. no idea what it means. You can't tell me what it means. It's a belief that you haven't vetted. And in fact, you don't even believe it. And maybe here's a way to think about it too: is because there's only one of you, it should be very personal. It should be something that not just anybody can go claim. I mean, sure, there's words, and we can all use the same words, but it should be something that is unique. And and special and yeah, it's got to mean something to you. Mean something, right? And yeah, of course you're of course you're you're uh, a child of God, and of course you're um, you know connected to the Spirit, and, and all those things are true. But what you're saying is that to re- to make this real and applicable in daily life, it's got to be something beyond just the quote unquote Christian platitudes. Yeah, unless you could tell me, unless you vetted the belief and you could tell me, articulate exactly what it is, then that's not your identity. You're just taking a label. It's an external. It's like when you put like the, you know, the Alabama or the Clemson or the Auburn mm-hmm. bumper sticker on your car. Or you wear the fan gear or you say I'm a Republican or you say I'm a Baptist or I'm a Catholic. You're just taking an external label that's no different than saying I'm a cop, I'm a SEAL, I'm a family man. That's just another label. It's a shortcut and it's lazy. It's intellectually lazy. It's spiritually lazy. It's emotionally lazy to just slap an external on here without doing the work of figuring out if this who is it that I am? Who do I want to be? And I didn't even get into what's your purpose. Mm. There's so, so many people on the planet that have a, no idea what their purpose is in life. Well, I think we just found a topic for next episode. <laughs> <laughs> made me just spit my tea. <laughs> Funny how that happens, right? When we needed to. Well, we've covered a lot today. We touched on identity from kind of just introducing the concept to discussing how it needs to be personal and real and unique. Absolutely. It's got to be. And obviously yeah. rooted in truth. But what you talked about is maybe not who you are today, who you aspire to be. Yeah, it's like, Right. It's an internal strength that you want to highlight, a characteristic like integrity, work ethic, excellence, uh, confidence, right? And then something that you aspire to. Like for, I had one client, like she aspired to not be a wallflower, so she wanted to have commanding influence in the boardroom. So we made that part of her identity statement, commanding yeah. influence. Yeah. I'm a woman of integrity who has commanding influence. When you first say it, it sounds like it feels good, but then you're like, eh, it's not really true. Right. If you say it enough, your reticular activating system, that RAS in the back of your brain, starts to say it is true. It is true. It doesn't know that it's not true. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling. Medically, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because you end up, even outside your consciousness, doing the behaviors that line up with that. Mm. Right. Either it's true or you got to find a new identity. Right. You have to either downgrade <laughs> or you're going to... And listen... Again, this cognitive dissonance, we, this is what we're, we're setting you up for success by creating that something you aspire to. The human hates to downgrade. We're too prideful yeah. to say, yeah, I can't be somewhat of commanding influence. I've got to lower that down to go right. back to being a wallflower. Just like we like, we, don't, we like to move up in, you know, say, a neighborhood. Right. Yes. We don't want to. We don't want to down. downsize. People, and then when they do downsize, it's on their, they're on the backside of life. Right. Right. Nobody ever said downsizing because life was getting better. Right. <laughs> I'm seriously. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. 
it's because we're old. We can't take the stairs anymore. The mortgage payment's too big. I, I, it's like the kids are out of the house, and I don't like to clean this many bathrooms. Right. There's. It, it's never like yeah. Because my life, I'm on increase. It's always downsizing is decrease. It's the opposite of. I mean, things are either growing or dying in nature. That's a really. That's a really good point. Nothing just stays. Nothing just stays the same. In uh, in our world, right? Right. There's no stasis. Yeah. So we also touched on 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 sin. Really discussed sin in depth, and as far as what that really means, it, it, if if that word has a religious connotation to you, that's not without coincidence. It it it, it has a deeper meaning than just a behavior. Um, it, it's a marksmanship it's term. A marksmanship term. That's right. Sight alignment, yeah. sight picture, target, and sin. Yeah. Missing all of it. Missing. Right? Yeah. Hitting the target versus missing the mark. Right. And then um, again, when you're crafting your identity, start with the family history, right? Start with what what what's your father say about you. So what does he say? He says we're new creature, or a new creation. We're new, we're new creature. We're we're his ambassadors, right? And there's no condemnation. He's not judging you for anything. In fact, I, I don't know that you know the scripture, Andrew, but what does it say? He doesn't even remember. Doesn't even remember our sins. Yeah, he says for, I puts them in the sea of forgetfulness, and then he also separates yeah. them as far as the east from the west, which is interesting, Doug, because north and south meet. Mm, right. East and west never meet. Yeah. You could keep going east forever right. and never find west. Or you could go west forever and never start going east. But you could go north until you're going south. And you can go south until you're going north. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting. That he separates as far as the yeah. east is from the west. He didn't separate as far as north and south because north and south is like north pole, south pole. As soon as you get to the top of the pole, now you're going in the other direction. You literally could be going west for eternity, or you could go east for eternity and infinity. Wow. And the dynamite <laughs> goes boom. Speaking of other dynamite, in, in some minds we might have blown talking about the real meaning of the word righteousness and equity. Equity. It's equity. Just go through your Bible and everywhere it says righteous, just scratch it out yeah. and write the word equity in there. And, and there's more to come on that. We're just we're just getting <laughs> we're just Jeez. getting warmed up. Dude, we're just like so we're, yeah. we're just probably stirring up so much yeah. so much trouble. That's right. all right. I'm sorry. Know. I love you all. Yeah. I do. Um and I think the last thing is is that probably the most powerful thing, if you haven't read this, just turn to first John four seventeen, where it talks about as he, meaning Jesus, as he is so are we in this world, and that that'll blow. It might be hard to get your mind around, but um, again, just maybe camp out on that for a while. Any any other bits of advice for somebody maybe who's like kind of struggling to get their head around that concept? Anything else they can look at or um, get? I'm not that hard to find. You could Google me, and there's no fence around me. If you need to get in touch with me, you can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. You know, call the office, whatever. If you're really struggling with this, I don't. I hate that. I, I and this. I, I hate that people have a misconception of God. But what I hate more is that if I left them in a bad state or a state where it's it's uh, worse than I found them, mm. I always want to leave somebody better than when I found them. If you're really struggling with any of this, call. I'm the office number is uh eight six four nine seven seven one four four three. Because I don't know where we're publishing this or we're not. I think it's kind of like an underground thing, right? So you could call the office at 864-977-1443. Right? You'll get a hold of my wife will probably answer the phone or it'll go to voicemail. But we'll get you on the calendar. And, and listen, I'll spend 15 or 30 minutes with you. If that doesn't get it done, and I think that there's like I, I you're still in a state, then I would 
spend a couple hours with you. Like I, I would do that. I'd do that for all my coaching glad. Like this is my coach. There's my process. Mm. I do an intro call with anybody who wants it in that 15 to 30 minutes. If you're somebody that I believe that I can help, then I'll offer you the two hour, no strings attached, powerful coaching session where we'll just get together and I'll, in that two hours, we'll do a deep dive, no strings attached. Um, and I will get, and that's what I give, right? That's given, it should be given unto you, right? That's my seed that I would plant, if you will, that I will plant into your life and give you up to that two and a half hours. If you don't make the cut, listen, if you're going to argue for a bad life and I don't think I can help you in that first half hour, then I won't offer you the two hours. So if you make the two hour cut, you should be very happy. But you could still call and get on the because I don't want to leave anybody yeah. in a bad state. Yeah. You know and what I'm saying? This, yeah, and that's some of this maybe maybe new uh, groundbreaking and and uh, so that's available. But until next time, we, we appreciate you joining us. Hope this helped. Uh, again, you know, don't feel the need to share it with everybody. Share it with a couple people that you feel maybe could really use some encouragement. Maybe they've been battling with things, uh, depression, anxiety, addiction, whatever, uh, or just a bad attitude. Yeah. Please don't just publish <laughs> this out there. Yeah. I, I really would rather you yeah. didn't like put it yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. Like yeah. if you want to send it in a message, private message to yeah. somebody that's different, but we're not publishing this for a reason. Well, there's many reasons. Um, but remember the Bible seek and you'll find right. Asking it'll be. So if you're the seekers will find this, I'm not seeking them. They're going to, you know, They'll find the people that need this information, Doug, will find us. Right. Do you agree with that? I agree. Okay. And that's why we started this. And, you know, um, we'll, we'll get into that more on as, as the show goes on. But it, it is, it's, there's just, um, we, you know, I don't have any problem with people going to church. I think it's a great thing for a lot of people. Personally, for me, it's not enough. And it shouldn't be enough. And it, it's not. It's not. It's not the fault. Of no, the it's crazy because you no, know, an hour a week yeah. is not enough Are for you anything. Kidding? Man, I mean, it's like if you ate one meal a week, would that sustain you? No way. <laughs> no. So it's not the fault. It's not the fault no. of the pastor. And we discussed this at length in the past. It's not the fault of the churches and the pastors. I think a lot of them are doing the best they can. Sure. And and more power to them. But man, if that's not enough, you you should be seeking beyond this. Um, I want to I want to end with one thing, and I, I don't, you'll know the. I think it's in Matthew. I texted you about it the other day, the parable of the uh, the man who finds a hidden treasure. It says that the kingdom of God is like a man who found a treasure buried in a field, and he went and he sold everything he had to buy not just the treasure, the entire piece of property. Right, without letting anybody without, know that the treasure was in there, so he could right, dig it up later. It's right. Like, yeah, he found like pirate booty in there or like, whatever. Yeah, like that's a guy that we should all be aspiring to be like as someone who's when you find when you find truth and you find uh, answers is is go all in and and seek it with everything that you have. And so that's that's why we started this because there's a lot of people out there searching, and and it, it, that Sunday service is not enough and and. Maybe they, they they've got unanswered questions. They're, they're wanting more. And hey, we may not have all the answers. We're not going to right. But maybe there's somebody that has something going on that they hear something that on this on this show that helps them out. And that's that's all we ask. Well, that's what we used to do. Is even when I was pastor and you were in my church, we would go. To, that's what we would go to Starbucks on Monday because church yeah. wasn't enough on Sunday. Yeah. Even for us. Yeah. And since we're not allowed to do that right now. <laughs> Here we are. We're socially distancing right. having our cup of Starbucks. That's right. That's right. Well, anyway, we'll wrap it up for today. Appreciate y'all joining us. And remember, uh, God's good all the time, even when we're not looking. See you next time.